Welcome to Still Growing in Grace, a program dedicated to inspiring joy, giving hope, and delighting in grace. I'm Mike Zenker, and I'll be sharing with you a message of hope that will expand your understanding of God's love and amazing grace. God already deeply loves you, totally accepts you, and really, really likes you. Growing in Grace Ministries Canada and Hope Fellowship, your community church, invites you to enjoy today's program as we dig deeper into what it means to be still growing in grace. All right, good morning, everyone. Welcome to Still Growing in Grace. Thanks for taking time on this wonderful Wednesday morning uh, to be with me and to tune into this discussion we've been having. Today, we're dealing with part two of a, a two-part series called Giving, A Fresh Perspective. Um, we've been taking a look at this topic of what some church people would call tithing um, and how do we view it because there's an old way to see it. Hey, Sandy, good morning. By the way, Sandy, I saw a video from you. I, I, I think that was you in the video. Um, so anyway, I, I, I clicked like and uh, yeah, I found you. <laughs> it's cool. Anyway, um, back to this topic of giving. This is a really tough one. Um, when churches or pastors have their full income tied to the donations uh, of people, how you word it and how you manipulate it matters. And people can see through a lot of manipulation and it's become blurry. And so much so that an authentic request for, you know, partnership or help <clears throat> helping uh, can be misunderstood easily, even though the person sharing may actually be truly authentic in handling things well. I don't know. It's it's not an easy topic. And so I really appreciated uh, uh, the, four, the four of us having this conversation. So if you didn't watch part one, go back and watch it. The link is below. Um, but part two today, this is, this is going to wrap it up really well. Um, I'm really pleased with uh, how it went, and I'm, I'm watching with you. So comment, whatever, uh, as you're watching. And let's just dig right in because I, I want to get into this interview and conversation and see what you think. So please give me feedback on it because I'd really like to hear it. Here we go. All right. So we're kind of taking off from what we talked about last week uh, and this idea of giving, trying to understand it, the tithing, um, thorn in the flesh of people who are misunderstanding what tithing is about, and yet there's a beautiful principle involved in it. Um, uh, I didn't tell you guys this yet, but my dad taught us about tithing uh, since I was a kid. And although there's an extreme legalism connected to it, my dad's heart was so good, I knew there was something beautiful in it, even though I ended up becoming legalistic in my giving. In fact, when bad things started to happen, they said, did you give this week? It's like, what? Mm. <laughs> Car broke down. Did you tithe? God's going to give his money. All that, all that stuff that gets in the way of yeah. manipulative uh, giving. But my dad's heart, he, he loved God and he, he wanted to please and serve God. He also wanted to love his family and serve his family. And so I saw the heart of that. And my wife and I, we, we give and we don't call it a tithe, but it's, it's there. And it's, to me, we have seen God's goodness. I, I can't point to the doing the giving as the reason we've been blessed, but we're blessed. And in that blessing, we give. It, it, it just, it's how it works. I don't know what we call it. So guys, help me out <laughs> with this part. But there's, there's something connected to giving and generosity in our humanity. So I'll, I'll kick us off with a, a different spin 
Okay. That I think will get us rolling in a slightly different direction on this good. conversation from the last one, which is good. I because th I think they build together. Um, I'm I this, I'm asking a, a a question to you three just because it's it's good for conversation. So where did giving start? At least scripturally speaking. God. Amen. He gave. He's I'm the beginner of giving. Well, where where did human giving start? Oh. I don't know, the sacrifices with Cain and Abel? Boom, right? So let's start there, right? So if you look scripturally, where, where is this idea of sacrificial giving? So don't do it on, a windy, day. Really, don't, don't do it on a windy day, otherwise it's going to look like your offering's not accepted. <laughs> exactly. let's, let's be honest. <laughs> what we're talking about here, whether we like it or not, is sacrificial giving, right? At least, you know, conceptually, like... It may not feel like a sacrifice or may not, let me rephrase that. It may not actually be a sacrifice, but for us humans, man, when we live in this place of, you know, limitation, right? Limited supply. Anytime we give that dollar, it's like, oh, will that come back? Anytime we give that minute, right? Oh, am I investing it, right, Bob? Is, is, this, is, this, is this getting me somewhere? Is this getting something somewhere? And, and it's a human condition that's existed, again, at least maybe the wrong Maybe the wrong question. Well, well, let's let's look into that story. So you have Cain and Abel, the the firstborn sons of humanity outside of the the hand created two, right? Adam and Eve. I know we're, we're not getting into the according to the narrative. of this, right? We're not, this is this is, we're we're letting this. Uh, I, I want people to get outside of the the hard you know, literalism of scripture and start thinking about this story and it's, it's, it's most beautiful essence. And you have these two young men who have, are the first born outside of the gates of, of, of un unlimited bounty, right? Which was the garden of Eden, right? You could eat from every tree in the garden, every tree. You were never hungry. Everything was delicious. You couldn't eat from the one tree. They went ate from the one tree. They got expelled. They had two sons and their sons are like, man, this sucks. Because the curses that were upon their mother and father, especially their father, was what? You're going to sweat from the brow, your back's going to hurt, you're going to break the ground, and you're going to scrape by in existence. You're going you're to scrape by and basically be hungry your whole life. That, that was the curse, you know, allegorically speaking. And so here you have these two young sons, the older son, Cain, younger son, Abel. Cain... What's his profession? He's a farmer. Right. Right? So what is he doing? He's breaking the ground. Mm -hmm. He's the one who's hands-on with the curse of his father, toiling the soil, becoming an agriculturist, planting seeds, growing a harvest. His brother is the, the herder, right? He's the shepherd who's sitting under the shade of a tree with a stick, watching a bunch of young lambs walk around and hanging out, right? Anyway, make a long story faster. Cain has enough supply. He believes that he has not only made enough for himself and his family, that he has enough to give the first fruits to God. Why? Who asked for Cain to give his sacrifice? If you go look at the, that, that, I think Genesis 4 or 5, I think is where it is. Go look at the story. Where, who asked for the, the, the sacrifice, the offering, the tithe, whatever you want to call it? No one. 
God didn't ask for it. Yet he brings it to the gates. Why does he bring it to the gates? So we have to ask ourselves these questions, get deep into the narrative. Well, he asks this question, why, why does he bring it? Because he thinks he's overcome the curse, right? And he's going to God going, look, my efforts, my self-righteousness, my goodness is what's overcome the curse. Let me back into the garden. Hmm. Hmm. Right? Now, anybody have brothers? I don't have a brother. I have a sister. You guys have brothers by chance? Okay. Brothers have a competitiveness. Yeah, maybe a little bit. <laughs> All right. If you're a younger brother and your older brother just has this harvest, this wheelbarrow of full of fruits and vegetables, and 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 they're ta- he's he's running to God, going, "Look what I did. My sacrifice, my efforts, my giving. Look what I did." And you're a younger son who's got a bunch of baby lambs running around and some old sheep. You think your brother's about to get in the garden. What do you do? You grab the nearest thing you can, you slit its throat, and you run up next to your brother because you don't want to be left out of the opportunity to get back in the garden and give God an offering, right? So offerings immediately become competitive. They become based in self-righteousness. Right. Right? And God looks at these two guys, and he has two guys, one strong tan who who's just big smile and say look what i did for you god and the other covered in blood mm. weak and god's looking at this dude guys he's got self-righteousness and he's got god i don't have much but i need your mercy if you're going to accept my sacrifice and god rejects self-righteousness and he says i can work with another victim and mercy now that's if that's not a shadow of Christ, then I don't know what it is. But it, it, my point of the giving conversation ahead is where is our motivation? If it's in, I'm giving because I can, and it gets me somewhere with God. Man, God can't work with that, and He never has, and He never will. But if ours is based in mercy, that's where it comes to where Jesus said. You know, I desire mercy, not sacrifice. If your giving is ever coming from a place of sacrifice or mentality of sacrifice, we got it wrong. We got it wrong. So yeah. I'll shut the blank up and let you guys no, that's, no, <laughs> there, there's, there's a Latin term that's in the law profession. It's quid pro quo. And what it means is something yeah. for something. That's right. So I do something to get something. All right. And so much of this self-righteousness thing is us pulling the crank that we think like Pavlov's dog. I do this. I'm going to get food. Something will spurt out to me. And the quid pro, I hate quid pro quo. You know, I'm, I'm doing a fitness page now, Rage Against Age. If you hear this and you want to join something, I think a couple of y'all are on, uh, do it now, are on there now. But one of the things I notice when I see other people promote health products, is they say, learn my secret. I was reading some Mike Tyson thing today. Learn my secret. Five paragraphs talking about how, you know, how he's done this and how it is. Learn my secret. You're just looking until you got to pay for it. Okay, there's something on there until you got to pay for it. Real in. And isn't it nice to be in the kingdom of God where you don't have to pay for anything? We've got to get rid of the quid pro quo uh, aspect of it. But wait a minute, Richard. If, If I'm the biggest giver, don't I have the biggest vote and say in the church? (laughs) <laughs> well, you know, Sorry. Got the smallest vote because you're many, many, gift, which is just the giving part of it. <laughs> Somebody else 
this is this is what when, when he says give and it shall be given unto you, good measure, pressed down, shaking yeah. together, running over, liberally in your lap. He's not talking about quid pro quo. No. He's talking about you give and look how all your needs, look how much spiritual revelation, look how, how much wonderful promptings and sensations you get. It's not this for that. You know, that right. is, that's a form of duality, you know, of this for that. And this is not, and listen, listen, here's, here, here's, I think I, maybe I can help out a little bit with what do we do with those people who are tithing by faith? And Romans 14 to me is a very important chapter because it talks about, Paul in there talks about, hey, you know, some of you believe you're supposed to do these festivals. Some of you believe you're supposed to do these meals. Some of you don't believe it. Some of you believe that the food that you need to eat kosher, you know, or, or that the food needs to be sanctified. Some of you believe that it isn't. But let whatever you do, let it be according to your faith. And don't, don't be a stumbling block for somebody who's not where you're at spiritually. So the way I would apply this to the tithe is like, Bob, what you were doing, you were doing by faith, you know, and so, so, and, and you weren't doing it under compulsion. You were doing it from the goodness of your heart. I've done that. I'm sure we yep. all, when I did tithe, that was why, you know, that was, that was in my heart at the time because that's where I was at. But here's the thing. When we deconstruct, that's kind of a house of cards and we see a, a better way, but we can't look back. We, and that's why we have to be very sensitive here. We can't look back and those who are doing it, who believe they're supposed to do it and who are doing it by faith. But at the same time, we can't let them spy out our liberty, but we're not supposed to be a stumbling block for them. So, but Paul does say to both sides of the thing, whatever you do, do it as under the Lord. Do it mm -hmm. by, do it by faith. Don't let, you know, uh, happy. What does it say here in Romans 14? Um, uh, it is, it is good, and he's talking about eating or drinking. You know, it's good not to eat meat or drink wine or to do anything by which your brother stumbles, all right? So we've got to have perception in the moment of who we're around about whether they're ready to hear this. And some people in the institution aren't ready to hear. The faith which you have, have it as your own conviction before God. Happy is he. Man, I want to be, I want to be, this is happiness. Happy is he who does not condemn himself and what he approves. Mm. But he who doubts is condemned if he eats because his eating is not from faith and whatever is not from faith is sin. So, so with the tithe, I guess it's almost like we have to be ninjas, you know, moving in the shadows with this thing and not really coming out and tell everyone the tithe is evil. Don't do the tithe. You know, let them grow. They'll grow to a point where they say where, where they see there's a better way. And, but we've got to have the discernment in the moment to see who's ready to hear this and who's ready to not. But because mm -hmm. we're all deconstructionists, you know, our question, and Michael, I think, you know, what I heard you say last week with, with your question is, how do we share the whole thing with giving now? I mean, what, what is, because we all know what we're talking about here is right, is true, that we're looking for a new avenue of giving a fresh revelation on giving that doesn't, that's sort of untethered from the law, you know, untethered maybe for, from some, old, uh, you know, old uh, antique teaching that doesn't fit where the Lord is taking, wants to take his body into freedom and away from compulsion. And so, so, I mean, so, so that, that, that's the thing, you know, that we want faith. We want, you know, we want to impart faith and giving and generosity. Sure. But uh, again, I, I think it comes down to, you know, to the need, like, um, uh, we see uh, we see somebody in need. We see an elder in need who who's. I mean, you know, I'm not I'm not you know I'm not pumping you up, Mike. But you you deserve honor. You do. You're a very gracious person. You're a very humble person. You're a very 
a giving person with, with your resources and your time. And you know what? You, you're due honor. All right. And, and, mm-hmm. it, it, and it's, you know, it, it, it's my pleasure to honor you with words. But I mean, we, we need to be on the lookout to honor w- with our giving on that mm-hmm. sort of thing. And, you know, I, I don't I, I'm in a position where I don't need I mean, it would be nice to have money. I, you know, I wouldn't reject it if I want to send me money, but I, I, it's not <laughs> part of my thinking. It, it, it's not part of my thinking, but that's only a gift from God because of that's my right. profession. You know, so, so I, we, we, we're, we're not looking at each other after the flesh this way. We're looking at each mm-hmm. other after the need, you know, and, and I think if, if someone shares a need um, and, and maybe, you know, because Paul did, Paul would share a need, but he said, if you doubt it, if you doubt my motive for a second, you keep your money. I don't want yeah. it. Mm-hmm. And, and, um, but, we, we, but if, if, if we're going to mature, deconstruction should make us more mature, not less mature. Mm-hmm. You know, one of the things I see with deconstruction is they get so sarcastic and so immature about stuff. You know, it's all hoke. It's all manure. They're being stumbling blocks left and right, throwing F-bombs out there. Why are you throwing a stumbling block with somebody who can't <laughs> handle an F-bomb? Yeah. You know, if it's just the two of us and you throw a an F-bomb, I can handle it, you know. But, but I, I just, uh, I, we, we've got, we should be wiser, gentler, more mm-hmm. thoughtful. This is really thoughtfulness. And, mm-hmm. I, and I, it's helped me. When you said that, it triggered something in me Mike, last week when you said that. It triggered me to be more thoughtful. And I hear that in what Bob is saying. Mm-hmm. You're, you, you're ready to be thoughtful about this. And I, I don't know that there's any, that there's any uh, that the formula. I, I think there, there is no formula. The only formula is no formula. But if we're sensitive... <laughs> And we're open, and we're sharing with each other, and we and the humility to share in need. There's, ahead, there's, there's discernment. Discernment's what you're talking about, Richard. You know, I, I wrote a blog post three or four years ago, maybe a little longer, of, of of a fairly famous televangelist standing in front of one of his jets, and and I titled it "Will a Man Rob God?" Apparently. <laughs> uh, I, 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 I'm sorry. We we've got to be. We absolutely need to reach in our heart, but if we're going to function as elders, and and this ain't an ego deal, this is a responsibility deal, we not only need to be able to discern what to do, but we need to pull the BS flag out and wave it when we need to, because a lot of the reason that the, 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 the real Levites aren't getting taken care of is because because the leeches, the, the, the leeches are, are pulling it off of them. $60 million airplanes you know, $15 million mansions. Come on, guys. Uh, I, I actually got angry at, a, at an elder board in a church that we had joined uh, many years ago now. So angry at him that I called each one of them and apologized to him because one day the pastor asked me if he could have a ride to Kansas City for me for, with me. And I said, sure, what you going to do? Give blood. He needed the money, guys. He, he, he needed the, you know, I pay him 25 bucks or whatever. He needed the money. Hmm. Somewhere between the sixty million dollar well, a man robbed God apparently, and and the pastor who's giving his heart and his soul and investing. By the way, it's exactly what you're doing, Mike. Investing himself, his whole spirit, in the kingdom. Somewhere there, there has to be natural provision. Oh, yeah. it, it, ha- it has to happen, man. It. it well, it, you guys, it, you guys did talk about First Corinthians nine, but you always talked about the earlier verses and you. The verses 11 and 14 are the ones that have hit me uh, that nobody preaches on. This You want to talk about the boldest to preach on? Th- this one's hard to preach. 
Uh, I'm going to read from the uh, Passion Translation. It's, it's kind of good. Um, so, if we've sowed many spiritual gifts among you, is it too much to expect to reap material gifts from you? And if you've supported uh, others, don't, don't we rightly, rightfully deserve privilege even more? But as you know, we haven't used that right. Instead, we've continued to support ourselves so that we would never be a hindrance to the spread of the gospel of Christ. Don't you know that the priests enjoy, employed at the, in sacred duty in the temple are provided for by the temple resources, and the priests who serve at the altar receive a portion of the offerings? In the same way, the Lord has directed those who proclaim the gospel to receive their living by the gospel. Now, Huh. How do you preach that? <laughs> no, say, I think you just nailed it. And, and Bob, you said the same thing. And this is where I was going to go. I think the one thing often missing um, from, I'm, I'm going to flip the script real quick. Again, we've been speaking from the mentality of the giver. Mm. But if we look from the perspective of the recipient, sometimes I think there is a quid pro quo relationship. That's totally normal, totally natural, totally good, but we just have to be okay with admitting it exists. Listen, I run a business. Richard, you, you run a business. I do audiovisual design services. So if you need audiovisual design, I'm your man, right? <laughs> I do it for profit. I'm not ashamed to say I do it for profit. You know, it pays for my house. It pays for my car. It pays for my gas. It pays for my family's food. I can look a client in the eye and say those things, and I have absolutely no guilt. But we've created this culture inside of religion, right, inside of Christianity that I can't say that, that the structure here is a business. The structure here has needs. The people here are on staff have families. They have food. There is a quid pro quo relationship. We're offering a service. You guys are getting something out of it. If you give here, if you participate here, we, we really need that, that, that flow. And, and and you can be joyful in that process and there's a quid pro quo relationship and there's nothing wrong with that. If, if, right. If, but if somebody just said that, how refreshing would that be? Right. Exactly. Like, <laughs> and, and it really comes down to, are you in it for a P R O F I T or a P R O P H E T for a profit. Right. Yeah. And, 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 and I think there's a vehicle, and I'm a few minutes away from having to bug out, but I want to suggest this to this crowd because maybe, maybe, maybe we'll hear from people that aren't even on this call. We've got a lawyer in the room. We've got a chief executive of, of a successful company. We've got a consultant. Let's think about a vehicle that, that is a place where, 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 where people can give Anonymity is big deal, Bill. It's a huge deal. It is. A, 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 a place where people can give, where there is no, there, there's no, no link for a quid pro quo. The, the, where, where that money goes, there's no connection. There's no identifiable. To the individual. To the individual. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. To the individual. The pastor doesn't have, I mean, when I quit giving $2,000 a month uh, because my economics were changing a little bit, I got to visit. I mean, my pastor came by to see if I was all right, right? And, 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 and I understand. I get it. But it, the real crucible of, of being in the full-time ministry is exactly that. Brian Zahn, mm -hmm. when a good friend of mine uh, decided to step out of his church and go out of his own, he said, Jimmy, the real crucible of full-time ministry is money. Mm -hmm. and, and, and I think in this group, I think in, in these four people, and maybe somebody outside it that, that, that is welcome in, I think we can think of a way to create a place where people who really want to give can, can, can put the money 
and 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 no with no baggage no i don't even think it needs to be a non-profit i didn't give for a tax deduction i gave because i wanted to i, I wanted to invest and and i think we can create an environment uh with an attorney on board that we can that we can bring things together people can put it in it can have accountability but nobody needs to know where it came from or where it went to the extent that that the quid pro quo factor has any chance to get in. And 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 I've been thinking about that since two weeks ago when we started this mm. conversation. And uh, and 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 with the minds on this call, we we can do this. And by the way, we could do it in a way where if you're out there listening to this this and all of a sudden you see something like this happen, it may not be us. We don't want credit for it. You, you understand what I'm saying? We it, there's a way to do this. Jesus and the disciples didn't starve to death. And yeah. I can't find anywhere in scripture where anybody knows where any of the money came from. Well, you know, actually, actually, I think in these the women, I may be wrong, but I, yeah. don't, I don't think I am, that he was taking a collection because of a famine uh, that they were given to another area. And that one of the things he mentions in there is that uh, giving it to Titus and Titus was going to take it to the Jerusalem, you know, to the guys at Jerusalem, which is kind of what Bob was saying that there's, it's not, you know, you're given, but it's like we want you to know Titus is taking it there. Y'all know Titus um, and uh, or Timothy, whoever it was, it was being the one who sent it. But I mean, I, I just thought that was interesting that Paul was kind of doing a thing here, you know, to where hey, don't we don't want you to think it's us. We're giving it to Titus to take to Jerusalem. In, in the bar, in the bar meetings that I had for five years, if somebody came to the table and said, I know somebody that has a need, we'd ask the, we'd ask the waitress for an envelope. And she'd bring us an envelope and we'd pass it around and everybody would put whatever they wanted to put or not put in that envelope. And we'd seal it with no, nothing written on it whatsoever and give it to the person who brought the need and never mention it again. Yep. Well, can I say something? Yeah, you know, I, I realized that I realized that, um, you know, as, as, as I've, I've shared many times, I've lost 70 pounds and I'm really, I'm, I'm in a health place now and an exercise place. And, and hearing the Lord's voice uh, in a way there that I haven't heard, expressed that I haven't heard in a very, very long time in other areas of my life. And I'm realizing the only reason that I don't have the same thing, we, it was, we did our thing about it, our podcast about it on the Sabbath's rest. The reason that I don't have this newness is that I haven't yielded this part of my mind and my soul to these promptings. And, and I think, you know, I, now I see when I'm dieting, you know, when I see everything, it's fun. It's fun to choose this thing over that thing and this healthier thing over that, you know, and, and, and to exercise. But I'm wondering, it's almost like we've atrophied. It's, it's like our, our thinking on giving is in a confused, atrophied state. Yeah. And uh, so there's some stimulus. Uh, and I think the first thing is awareness. You know, what we're doing now is preaching awareness mm -hmm. about it. Yeah. You know, and and the, the part, the, the, the cost of growing up, is that you become more responsible, able to respond, you know, but, but, but you, you don't have, you, you can still, you're not tithing. The tithing, it's like you have to tithe to not tithe. <laughs> I mean, you have to tithe with the Lord to, to have the promptings to then give freely, to give liberally, to give, you know, spontaneously, to give because you've got it on the front burner. You know, so I think maybe, maybe the goal of this whole thing that we're talking about is let's put the concept of giving in terms of, of, of needs, because there are people out there who need it. They, they need our gifts. They and there's organizations that need. And I think it is yeah. a true, I think it's a two-pronged effort. I mean, there, there are those that are the anonymous, um, 
you know, blanket covering of a specific person or need that can be an individual one-time thing or it can be an ongoing thing. But I think they're, you know, just to be transparent, I think one of the things we're missing in the in the in the structured church, the church of visible, which is still important, still has a tremendous role. And I think sometimes that gets undervalued inside of deconstruction communities, is 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 just the blatant honesty that there there still is a business relationship here. And that's not inherently evil. It doesn't have to be, but it has to be transparent. It has to be honest. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I think we need to honor, just like you said, Richard, the organizations and the leaders of those organizations who are being honest in that conversation, like Mike, you know, who say, listen, I'm not here to, to say that if you don't give that God's disappointed in you or that God's judging you or that God's going to condemn you. In fact, if you come here every day for the rest of your life and you never get a cent, you're still just as loved. You're just as included. And, and, and But this organization is doing some pretty cool things. And those things require structure and that structure requires a cost. And if when we say that, we can honor that joyfully and, and, and not feel guilty that we're giving back to something that we thought was no longer a part of our lives. And conversely, you know, still maintaining exactly what you're talking about, Bob, which is really that hidden, mysterious, unexpected, um, um, beautiful giving to, to meet actual physical present needs with, with those around us that, that the Holy Spirit just drops on our, on our plate. Amen. That's good. That's good, yeah. Bill. I, I love the idea of, hey, if this is a value, by the way, I know you got to go, Bob, so go when you got to go. Yeah, um, but the idea of our identity comes back to our heart. I like, Richard, what you started our, us off with is the mentality, the heart behind the giving. Um, but we have been created as generous people. Mm. Our DNA is giving. We're made in the image of in, God, right? In all things. <laughs> and then there are people that actually have the spiritual gift of giving that's above and beyond, like, holy smokes. But the idea of listening to the heart, you know, this, this is about the Holy Spirit telling you what to do. The church cannot tell you how much to give. Only the Holy Spirit can suggest and listen to the promptings, listen to the breeze, the voice. And that's the only way I can teach giving is say, hey, I can't tell you what to do or give. Amen. But if you believe in what you're hearing or participating and then support what is good. If you hear another teacher, speaker, groups of people, and they're sharing on a regular basis and it costs money because the gospel's free. It just costs money to get out. Uh, go support that. <laughs> So it takes me back to the, the positioning of the two guys in that, that, you know, archaic story, right? <laughs> the the hard position story. of those two guys. I mean, do, do, are you the one that's standing there prideful saying, Hey, I, I got this. Or are you the one saying, I, I don't have a clue what I'm doing here, but I'm going to give it. And I'm going to pray that mercy's going to take it and do something amazing with it. Right. And those are two totally different perspectives but i think when we come when we start to f- transition from one son to the other son things start to change pretty radically in our and in, mm. in our in our hearts well, and in the world uh, yeah it's, it's uh this is really about um uh, you know deconstruction this is a new level of deconstruction it's not just this is reconstruction yeah you know, thank you that's exactly what it is where for us we've taken down the the altars uh, who may have worked for a season. They may have been instruments for us for a season, but now mm. we seek better instruments. We seek more natural instruments. You know, David, I always love instruments with David because David built thousands and thousands of, of, of instruments. He wasn't happy with one harp. He wasn't happy with 10 harps. He kept building harps, you know, and I think that's the way with us to keep his faith vibrant. And that's the way it is with us. We want to give, 
but but you know awareness and and, and I'm, I'm i'm preaching to myself because i haven't i've realized the atrophy in in, in me you mm -hmm. know so i have no condemnation with it but i'm just saying hey it works for my diet and health i'm ready to get in these other areas because these these are major concerns functional concerns within the body and and bill i like the your two-tier thing there that was that was really good and helpful i'm glad that we didn't answer the big big questions <laughs> we, we just <laughs> talked about the questions right this was this the last two the, these last two half hour sessions this has not been about here now that's wrong this is right now do right well, i think We've, that's that's back to who we are i think the four of us, uh, you know, none of us are really going to be specific about anything anymore. I think that's part of maturity, right? We talk about the rough edges versus being, dogmatic. being pinpointed, right? And mm -hmm. I, you're not going to find any of us here dogmatic that this is the only way to do something. But I think there, there are good ways of doing things, right? We can do, we can find, we can always refine our definition of goodness. And, and, and sometimes that's going to lead us out of one place and into a new yeah. place. And that's okay. And, uh, and, we, we can look at any given situation like that, especially when it comes to giving and, and see it from totally new angles. And, and Bob said something interesting. I thought it was just, you know, I give to my own family. There's value in that. There's beauty in that. We don't have to be ashamed of that, right? If shame or heaviness or guilt are a part of your giving mechanism in any way, it's probably time to reevaluate it and, and, and move it to a, a more um, joyful place. Can we wrap up with uh, wisdom to those that are now having to ponder because we've triggered awareness, just kind of speak to those that are um, maybe stuck in giving uh, traditional giving, uh, giving them freedom to, and not to um, those that have stopped because they don't have to anymore because they're under grace. Um, just kind of wrap that up. Like I think this is, this is a, a big section and I'm going to, I'm going to start it because I have seen, too many folks, and I think Richard, you alluded to them, um, deconstruction people who poop on other people's um, thoughts and convictions, and we can't do that. If if your brother or sister in Christ, uh, even if they say they're no longer Christian, if they uh, do not see it that way, don't press, don't push. This is about your personal journey. You are responsible only to the Holy Spirit, and mm -hmm. just be kinder to one another, especially in this topic, because this could be touchy. Well, I saw a Tennessee Williams quote, and I don't know that I can remember it exactly. I posted a meme on it the other day because it just shot me. But he said, in your empathy is your salvation and always run towards kindness. Mm -hmm. And I just think, man, that is so that is so right. And our empathy and giving what what lets you be more empathetic Now, maybe not so much to the institution. Now, maybe it's a different type of empathy you know, when, when you're giving on a broad thing, but at least on individual giving with individual elders and that sort of thing. I mean, what, 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 or, or to those just in need, I mean, what gets our empathy flowing more than that? Um, so, I, I mean, I, I would just, in terms of people who, who may be struggling with it, I just say, do it in faith, like Romans 14. If you're, if you, and don't, don't, don't call, you know, we won't be stumbling blocks if you're not where we're at now. We, we don't want to be stumbling blocks to you, but on we the aren't hand, anywhere. We haven't arrived. Yeah. yeah, but on the other hand, understand that we're moving, we're transitioning to something where we want to be giving people in the name of Christ, where we want to be generous people. So we're not, we're not, it's the concept of giving, we're all in agreement. It's the, it's the instrument of giving, it's the functionality, it's the motive of it. You know, everything is about purifying our motives. 
And, and whenever I always use that thing about, you know, the, what is the thing called when uh, I always forget what it's called when you balance, we talked about this on the table the other night, Bill, when we, we had a crooked table, yeah. uh, that plane, you put a plane on it and the bubble is in the middle. The level. You know, you, that's how you can tell whether something's unbalanced because the bubble's on this side or this side. But what we want to do with our motives is get that bubble in the middle. And we want to eliminate anything that's impure in our motives or that maybe just a mixture, maybe, maybe it's not profitable. And so that we do give from a perfect um, legalist, a legal free heart with no, with no fear, with no condemnation, but we give freely. So these things, you know, through deconstruction, all, hopefully uh, in all things, we're, we're, we're bringing balance to our hearts and put, putting that in the middle so that our motive is, is because I, I realized, and that's what worked with, with, with my eating, with my health and my diet. I finally got my motive. Right. Well, the Lord helped me get my motive right, where I just said, I want to be healthy, Lord. <laughs> you know, and in that moment, because you know, the breeze came and the power came on this. So uh, I would just say people, you know, that, that we may be in different places with it. But, you know, uh, uh, whatever you believe have between is between you and God. This whole thing is what you believe with God can leave men out of it. Now, I'm not saying you can't listen to ideas from men. But leave men out of it. It's between you and God. And he wants you set free. And he wants you to be. And, you know, Bill, when you were talking about uh, Cain and Abel, I, I kind of, when you were talking, it sounded also like the prodigal and the older brother. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You know? Wow, And, and yeah. that, that, that whole gift. Very much you know, look at how the, the younger brother, who was just humble, but brought repentance, got, <laughs> he got, he got given a whole lot in that situation. Yep. So, yeah, I think that's a fantastic parallel there. I love it. Yeah, my, my wisdom is going to be a little more uh, confusing. <laughs> not, not literally, not literally. A little more philosophical. I, I don't know what the right word is. I think giving is a paradox. Uh, I mean, just in, in, its, in and of itself. It, it, you, know, um, to get, you know, to give is to receive, that kind of thing. And, and there is this, I, I guess uh, you said give by faith. And I think that's a perfect way of saying it. There, there has to be an uncertainty around it, right? We have to be unexpectedly expected with our giving right? I, I can't give with a quid pro quo expectation, and yet I have no doubt that if, if, if I give joyfully, there will be absolutely a harvest, right? It, so, so I shouldn't expect anything, but, but you know, faith, know, my heart knows that I, I'm going to expect something, not, not for me in return, but for uh, the fruit of, of that seed that's been planted. So um, my wisdom, uh, I guess, if I had to offer to people is, is, is try try to find the formula of giving that, that doesn't have a formula, right? It's a paradox. Like try to find the rhythm of, of giving that doesn't have a rhythm. I, I don't really know how to say that other than sometimes you're going to give to an institution. Sometimes you're going to give to, to a, a need. Don't, don't think that there's one way that produces joy. There, there's not. It, it's it's going to be whatever you're inspired with, whatever the spirit just lays on your heart in that moment or that season um, and, and roll with it. And, and, and if, 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 if you're, if you're joyful with it, great, you know, and that, that's, that's really all I can have. And, and if you have an expectation from it, it, the one thing to probably be aware of is when, when we're in that institutional paradigm of giving, when we are, we have to be hyper sensitive is ego creeping in or not. Mm. Right. Is, is that expectancy moving ahead of unexpectancy? Right. Is the quid pro quo, are those things starting to get in? And if they are, you got to nip it in the bud fast. And, and, and you know, and, and, and yet 
be really gentle if you see that in someone else of, mm. of not 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 judging them for being in that place um and and, and you know that goes back because we've been there too and we have we all have <laughs> right and 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 i do have strong opinions on, on institutional money and how it's used and all that kind of stuff and i say it on broad levels but i try not to get specific with it yeah. um so i you know there's a paradox here realize we're never going to always figure it out realize that you're loved you're never going to stand condemned because of what you do what you don't do and in that that position will will probably manifest a, a more um, joyful giver than you probably even realize was in there all along. Yeah. And, and, and I think, let me just, because you said something that sparked something to me, <laughs> the Hebrews passage that says, he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Mm-hmm. I think the way to keep it rough, like you were talking about, is just to know that God is a rewarder. He wants to reward us. All right. But, but the, you stay away from a specific reward. All right, to disabuse him as generous. Sure, our father Ab is generous. He's not stingy. I mean, he he he's he's incredibly generous, and th- that's as far as I think we need to go. Knowing that that yeah. he's, he'll be generous with everything that we we do, fa- posturing towards him mm-hmm. and believing that he is, and moving towards him, stumbling through all these issues. Yep, stumbling. You know, that he is a rewarder. I love that. My dad was a rewarder. He and, and that way, and, that, and and I know a lot of dads out there aren't rewarders, but because my dad was a rewarder. That made me so much more easily primed, and I thank God for that. If I if I had a dad who wasn't a rewarder, I don't know how what stage of my faith I'd be in now, you know. Yeah. So anyway, but that's a, a way to keep it keep it rough rough edged. Yeah, love it. I think I think it's a big topic, and I know some people are probably cringing. Uh, those that may not have a financial ability to give money, um, but your heart and passion for prayer, uh, serving in other ways, like volunteering, Absolutely. like that's serious giving. Like you yes. two, the two of you and Bob, you guys give your time to do these recordings and conversations. And then I get to put it all together and prepare it and share it. But that's giving of time too. And time is valuable. So thank you for being generous that way. Well, thank you. Thank you for doing this. All right. I hope everyone kind of heard the heartbeat <laughs> of this. This is, this is a, let, for those who have ears, let them hear. You know what it felt like? It felt like a rodeo where we're, we're on a <laughs> We're on one of those bulls. <laughs> All three of us are holding on to that. And not one of you say the wrong thing that'll knock us off. <laughs> well, thanks, guys. That was a lot of fun. Yeah. All right. Oh, my. I hope you uh, enjoyed that conversation. That was that was really good. Just to kind of talk through this whole giving thing without making it legalistic. And also not to make it gracilistic, where... There's a judgmentalism that condemns people for giving from their lands. I love how it was communicated. Hey, let's let's give freedom to those uh, individuals where they're at in their giving. So, um, honestly, like one thing I have learned, like it does cost to do stuff. And so, you know, if you hear someone ask for help, like at the end of this radio station, I have this little plug. If if you've been encouraged by this, support it. And so, I encourage it. And if you're able to, great. Um, but I'm not going to guilt people or, you know, coerce it. But my goodness, um, it, 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 it is part of how things work. Every single thing that we do costs. And so um, I think we want to not cost our soul uh, non-peace uh, when we're giving reluctantly. So give to where you want. Hey, yeah, Scott, thank you um, for saying that. Uh, it was a good conversation. Sandy as well, thank you. 
Um, I haven't got it all figured out on this one, but the conversation sure opened the door for more people at the table to expand our understanding and have a conversation. And uh, maybe that's why I like these conversations so much. All right, looking forward to next time. Have no idea what the topic will be, but uh, it'll be good. So we'll catch you next time. Um, thank you for taking time to watch today. Thank you for your encouragement and your comments and share if you've enjoyed it. Catch you later. Join me next time on Still Growing in Grace for more good news. Enjoy previous episodes by downloading our podcast at growingingrace.ca. You can also visit hopefellowshipycc.com to find our service times and location. If this show has been an encouragement to you, please consider making a donation today at growingingrace.ca and help us keep spreading this good news. Thank you again for tuning in to Still Growing in Grace.